0: Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigoloff, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue, so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his, and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigoloff was either off-duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigoloff was not in uniform at the time
1: of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigoloff.
0: All right, well today we have an amazing pleasure, and we we have uh, a man who's who knows a lot about not only medicine, not only pregnancy, but specializes in development of the fetus and medicine for the woman, and and that specialty is called maternal-fetal medicine. And, and to give you an idea how much education this uh, this man. Dr. James Thorpe, uh, has had. He's gone to medical school at Wayne State. He's done his residency at the University of Colorado. He's done his fellowship at the University of Texas Health Science Center in Houston. He's done an internship at the university. I'm sorry. um, The internship was before the residency. But he's also board certified in, uh, in the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology and American Board of Maternal Fetal Medicine. So this makes him as most expert as anyone can find in the development of the fetus and the health of the mother at the exact same time. He sees the sickest of the patients, uh, pregnant patients, the ones who have had previous serious complications and ones who are expected to have serious complications during this pregnancy due to issues with the pregnancy or concerns. But it is certainly a pleasure to have you on today, sir.
1: Dr. Sam, thank you so much for having me on your platform. It's an honor and a privilege
0: it's truly my honor, sir. and and i'm I'm very thankful that there are men like you, you know, physicians who who are in this subspecialty who have potentially been indoctrinated for such a long time with medical education, but you, sir have not been because you're you're still speaking truth, and that that's hard to find amongst any physician, anyone who's had any higher education. And so today, I really, I want to talk about what were your concerns at the beginning of this, because I had my concerns, and i I counseled patients on what could be risks. And all of those things that I said that could be risks have actually become true, and we know that they are risks, serious risks, like loss of pregnancy, um, you know, even the ability to become pregnant or stay pregnant and dividing those things up and how many doctors don't they, oh, you'll get pregnant. Yeah, but are you going to stay pregnant? Are you going to be able to carry that pregnancy to completion?
1: Absolutely right, Dr. Sam and and first i i do have a confession to make okay. and that is that i was deeply entrenched in the system and deeply entrenched in i think the w- what i would call the medical industrial complex i was deep into the academic uh scene i've always been very very busy clinically I've been actively involved with clinical research, and and I've published a lot, and, and I've reviewed for medical journals. So I, I must say that I'm I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I I I am responsible um, for pushing vaccines, a lot of vaccines uh, in earlier in my career, and and I deeply regret that because um, my eyes have been opened up. Um, I've focused on doing a lot of clinical research on my own. I, I did push a lot of the influenza vaccine in pregnancy and even the pertussis vaccine in pregnancy because I thought doing my own focused due diligence, I, I really truly believed at the time years ago, uh, decades ago, that the risks for mom and the fetus outweighed, uh, the the benefits outweigh the risks. But since then, um, I've become greatly concerned about the vaccine and and the rollout. I became uh, very concerned three years ago when there was so much advertisement and predictive programming telling us that Dr. Fauci and, and many others, the World Economic Forum, that we are going to have a pandemic. And then the next thing that struck me was you can't treat this early in the disease. That was very bothersome to me because in the whole history of medicine, I've never encountered a disease, nor has the global community that I'm aware of, that you don't treat early and aggressively, never.
0: 100%, and I agree with you also. Like. In residency, I actually contracted pertussis and that was miserable. I was coughing for a hundred days. And so, you know, that, that idea of giving the the Tdap during pregnancy, it seemed like a great idea because I've, I've personally experienced how bad it is. And I've typically diagnosed about five cases a year and, and most doctors, you know, ridicule me for that, but it's, it's a common, it's fairly common and, and it's miserable for children. I mean, I admitted a child because he was vomiting so much, he was coughing so much that he would vomit. And so it seemed like it makes sense. Let's give these, let's give these immunizations that may prevent terrible disease. But, but then also we've been lied to so much. It's hard to find the truth. So much has been suppressed Mm -hmm. that, that it's, it's, it's hard to question the narrative as a clinician. And then I just applaud you for that. And it's, it's taken my own journey to figure this out. And certainly, you know, you're telling us about your journey of that. And I, and I love to hear more of, you know, what what led you down the road that some vaccines may be dangerous and, you know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but do we need to vac- vaccinate against things that we can treat? I don't know. It's a good question.
1: That That's a really good point. Uh, I, I think that it, it, certainly we should never be using An emergency use authorization for a vaccine. In fact, it's outlawed um, to use that if there's alternate treatments. And I think that, uh, call me a skeptic, um, but I believe that that was the rationale for suppressing this brilliant early treatment, which by the way, Um, I I think, Dr. Sam, you know as well as I do that the verdict is in, the science is in. Um, It's proven by millions and millions all over the world. Early treatment of vitamins and supplements and repurposed drugs is uh, way over 90% effective, way over 95% effective. Let's talk about 99.99% effective, according to Dr. Ben Marble. CEO and founder of myfreedoctor.com, one of my heroes. He's treated 270,000 patients with early treatment that had severe COVID. 270,000 in all 50 states. And did I mention he's done it for free, pro bono? Uh, this this is a true American hero, and there's many many others. Dr. Zev Zelenko, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Corey, Dr. Mer- Dr. Merrick, Dr. Uh, and and I could go on and on. Dr. Malone, myself, Dr. Viglione, many of us, but we were threatened and we were censored for doing so. Um, and and when when we go back and look at the data, Dr. Fauci himself. Um, funded research showing the brilliant efficacy of uh, hydroxychloroquine for SARS-CoV-1, and it's published. It was funded by the NIAID in 2005. Um, so he funded that. He he's aware of that research. So you know, when you look at uh, allegedly the 500,000 people in the United States of America that have died of COVID-19, um, there's a lot of blood on their hands because. They thwarted and they demonized, they villainized treatment that was 99.99% effective. Let that sink in. Um, so it's it's very concerning. And you know, one of the things that I, I like to do, and I've tried to mentor my three daughters and and my young medical students and residents throughout my career, is. Listen, I'm wrong a lot of times in my life. I mean, I was wrong. I was dead wrong on on the safety of the vaccines and I, I pushed them. But I, I think that I'm not embarrassed ever to say that I'm wrong because the human experience is one of uh, collaborating and continuing to learn and search new data and to not get emotionally arrogant and proud. Um, like I think I was when I was in the academia and publishing and getting accolades and all this stuff. No, it's not about that. It's about, can I look into the camera and say, hmm, I was wrong. I'm really, really sorry. I made a mistake. Um, and and I think that's important for us as, as researchers to do and as clinicians to do. So I, 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 I was wrong. And I, I was wrong about um, Bobby Kennedy. I, I wasn't particularly fond of his work, I think, b- because I might have had some, maybe some inherent bias against the Kennedy family and, and their dynasty, but I just, I didn't really believe him. But after really focusing and doing detailed research and sitting down and talking to young, beautiful people, new parents who look at me and say, this is what happened. I took my toddler to the doctor's office. My toddler got a vaccine and within hours, my baby was never spoke, was having uh, abnormal motor function and was totally non-functional. And if you, instead of attacking those people and questioning them and throwing them under the bus to receive their story and listen to their story, and after doing that a number of times with people that I really believed, I realized I was dead wrong. Um, you know, the, every, the first things that, that uh, physicians or researchers like to do is they like to parse they like to parcel. They like to aggregate, segregate, eliminate, and make a reason why data doesn't fit their narrative. It's a very dangerous thing to do. Um, I'm cognizant of, of many studies suggesting that 90% of physicians or researchers will always side with the behemoths, their uh, foundations, the uh, money sources that their f- research is funded with. That's a dangerous thing. 90% of researchers will always side with the opinions of their funding sources. Let that sink in. So all the pediatricians, by the way, and I just learned this, that are pushing the vaccines, their, su- their incomes are supplemented by as much as uh, $80,000 a year by the federal government, depending upon what percentage of their practice is vaccinated.
0: And this may be a great point to, to kind of plug, you know, like there's there's these doctors who don't follow the rules and most of them don't take insurance. And what I've been discovering is those are the people you need to find. And when I open my own practice, I'm gonna be one of those those crazy doctors that doesn't take insurance because when you don't take insurance and you do cash, you can truly do what's most beneficial for the patient. And if you're, you know, the listener, the viewer is looking for a doctor right now, consider looking for a doctor that does it by cash only, because then they're not required to follow these laws by Medicare, Medicaid, and all these great big insurances or the rules of the hospital. They can do what's truly best for you and not what's best for their wallet.
1: Amen. Absolutely right. And the same thing goes for the entire what, what I, I like to refer to as the, um, especially since our disaster cap, COVID-19 and disaster capitalism uh, manuscript that was just published uh, in, in the peer-reviewed journal, uh, Gazette of Medical Sciences, we, we refer to this as a medical industrial complex. And truly it, it is a complex with the sole purpose of bringing a tremendous amount of wealth and power to those who already have way more than they need and have been corrupted by it so you're you're absolutely right this assault on the physician-patient relationship um, that i published an article earlier on this year called patient betrayal and the corruption of Healthcare informed consent and the physician-patient relationship it's devastating because Science doesn't progress by gag orders and every single physician in the United States and nurse in September of 2021 is put on a formal gag order, including myself. And I've been voraciously fighting it and attacking the medical boards and the American board of obstetrics and gynecology who have absolutely no business getting, um, acting as bureaucrats, yes, some of these are physicians, but they're, they're not actively practicing physicians with any clinical experience like you or me and most of the other physicians. They have no business interfering with a personal physician-patient relationship and threatening your credentials and my credentials if we choose to inform our patients based upon our research. That's the way medicine has always been, Doctor Sam. You know that. <clears throat>
0: Sorry, you froze there for a second. I didn't hear that last little bit.
1: I I just stated that um, you and I both know that uh, physicians should never be hogtied and reprimanded and given orders of cookbook medicine from bureaucrats that are by and large corrupt, whether they're hospital administrators, whether they're the uh, physicians associated with the NGO uh, specialty boards uh, or or whether they're politicians, they have no business uh, reprimanding me for treating early treatment of COVID-19 in 2020. You have absolutely no business. I've been a practicing physician for 43 years or more. And how, how dare you interrupt my sacred physician-patient relationship?
0: Right. And uh, recently I got some news that American Academy of um, uh, Physicians and Surgeons, AAPS, will be suing my board certification grantor of uh, the American Academy of Family Physicians. And it couldn't make me happier because American Academy of Family Physicians uh, put out a thing saying that they would come after doctors giving disinformation. Well, that sounds a lot like the Gestapo, you know, like, oh, well, you didn't say the right political speech in your patient encounter. So we're going to come and take away all your credentials and take away your livelihood. That's not acceptable in this country.
1: Yeah, it's it's not. It, it maybe belongs in North Korea or Wuhan, China or uh, uh, Iran. Or Russia, but not in the United States of America, and and I, you know, you take it a step further. These 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 boards, um, they they've never ever done that before in in the history of, of certainly in my career. Um, S- Sir France, Sir Karl Popper, the famous researcher of uh, the nineteenth uh, century in England, is on record and was knighted um, by the UK, and um, very brilliant researcher and philosopher says it science progresses only by engendering minority voices. It is absolutely the antithesis of science to um, eliminate an opinion or data that you don't agree with. and And you know we we need only go back to seventeenth uh, century. Italy and look at the powers entrenched at the time, which were the Catholic Church and Galileo. Galileo um, used, you know, was prescient, but according to Sir Karl Popper, um, he had elementary observations uh, with regard to the heliocentric nature of the universe. Uh, um, uh, it, um, and, and he refuted by, by his observations, he falsified the, um, the geo, geocentric universe. And, and he set forth a heliocentric universe. And for that, he was martyred and persecuted and actually put on house arrest for the remainder of his time. And we fast forward to the 19th century in Hungary, at Vienna Lying in Hospital. My hero, uh, Ignaz Philip Semmelweis, uh, why I went into OB, um, is, is that in uh, Vienna Lying-In Hospital in the mid-19th century, the uh, maternal mortality rate after childbirth was approached 50% from puerperal fever. And he very clearly identified the source. And the source was going from the autopsy room to the delivery room, infecting patients with group A, hemolytic strep, and they died. And he discovered that. He discovered how to prevent it by hand washing. And he was totally stripped of every human dignity you could imagine. You know, fast forward to, uh, to Dr. Snow in, in the same century in England, uh, identifying cholera outbreak in water. Again, he was totally destroyed politically. The powers it be totally destroyed him and mocked him and derided him for the rest of his life. Fast forward to the 21st century, you got Zev Zelenko. You got heroes like McCullough, uh, like, like yourself, like Ben Marble, like Brian Artis, like Judy Mikovits, like, um, I, uh, Dr. Merrick, uh, uh, Lee Merritt. Uh, I could go on and on, uh, I I know I'm missing some, but these are the heroes and the dissenters of today that are being persecuted. Yourself, myself, we're being persecuted for the truth. All throughout history in all of those cases, truth prevailed and truth will prevail in this fight as well.
0: Two of the names, or a couple of the names I want to mention are Dr. Lee Valit with the Truth for Health Foundation. Or truth, Yeah, Truth for Health Foundation. Yes. And, and and if any of the listeners Incredible. viewers, please go to truthforhealth.org. She has amazing things right there. And uh, retired lieutenant colonel and Dr. P Chambers. And current lieutenant colonel and Dr. Teresa Long. They're all getting the same, same punishment uh, for speaking truth. But for the listener and the viewer... If if we're wrong, if all of our side is wrong about this, what are the repercussions? Okay, so you might get an illness that's 99.9%, 99.1% survivable. And if we're right, then you're in a really bad place because the destruction that's happening to humanity is inconceivable. It's one of the worst things that I've I've ever read about, and it hasn't even completed yet.
1: it's uh it's it's horrifying and uh it's horrifying and i'm currently um in the process uh actually Teresa Long Dr Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long lives close to me so does uh Dr Tankersley both of them are whistleblowers and i'm a veteran um air force veteran as well and so i have a special place in my heart but both of them are co-authors on a paper that we're about ready to submit, which is a just a horrifying paper regarding the uh, horrible devastation and killing uh, um, that is taken place by this vaccine being pushed in pregnancy to women of reproductive age. And Dr. Sam, it's, it's just horrifying. And the data is, is irrefutable. It's undeniable.
0: When I was stationed in Alaska, and I'd see, you know, I I, I did not take any pregnant didn't take care of pregnant women at my last duty station and that's part of my practice is kind of falling off um, and you know I'm, I'm okay with that because waking up at you know two in the morning to go deliver babies it's okay I don't want to be doing that too much more but I was talking to these pregnant women and they would go see their OB and their OB would tell them and this is on post their OB would tell them oh yeah you should get this shot and I would straight up tell those women that is reckless dangerous and you should not get that there we don't test we don't do a, medical experiments on pregnant women, on breastfeeding women, nor on children. And you should refuse that. And I will tell that to any OB. I will tell that to the president of the board Dr. of OB.
1: God bless you, Dr. Sam. Uh, you're, you're a truther, and, and you, you're a very young uh, and, and brilliant physician. And, you know, I, I, I salute you, sir. Hats off to you because very, very people, very few physicians have the ability to um, transcend the threats of your career uh, in, you know, you're very young and, and you have your whole career in front of you. And to take that stance, I applaud you. It's bold and it's courageous, but it's, it's truthful. And um, there's a lot of lies and deception. I, I just read this article um, that was, uh, broadcast i think it was put out two days ago um this it it was really not an article it was a a journalistic hit piece by a um by a a person a journalist up in ohio and you may have seen it where she's talking about the tragedy of all the um stillbirths that are related to having COVID, and say they all could have been prevented from the vaccine it's such um I, i don't I, I, it's so sad because she is either purposefully lying or she is deluded. And, you know, I looked at this article really closely and they suggest, um, that because the patients and they use the buzzwords, the patients that are not fully vaccinated are the ones having the fetal deaths. Well, that might be true, but it's Can you really dissect important. that term for us? I think you know this. What is.
0: Can you fully dissect that? Yeah, can you dissect that? And
1: it's in the article.
0: Because that is an interesting term that they use. Yes. Can you dissect that for us?
1: Well, uh, uh, according to completely vaccinated, you're not completely vaccinated until uh, two weeks after the vaccine. So all the deaths and all the fetal deaths and all the uh, adverse events that occur uh, before. And and they won't even call fully vaccinated after the first shot. It's after the second shot. So this is the deceptive language that they use in the writings. It is extraordinarily dangerous. And this lady went on, um, you know, I, will I actually, I, would also... I want to cite the name of that article.
0: While you're looking for that, I'd also say that if you qualify for a booster and you haven't had it, I would also assume that they would call you not fully vaccinated if you qualify for the booster and you have not had it. That's right. Or you're not 14 days past this that is booster. A re-
1: that's that's a, ab- absolutely right. Um, Dua D u a a D-U-A-A-L-D-E-B. E-L-D-E-I-B, and she's a reporter for uh, ProPublica. And her article is just, she's either really severely diluted, but this is kind of the emotional stuff that you get into, and pregnant women are going to read this and believe it. And she goes, um, and and right in one of the paragraphs that I've highlighted, I will quote it, and, and I quote, their next discovery was equally stunning. None of the stillbirths they studied involved a pregnant person who had been fully vaccinated. The doctors checked with the colleagues across the country and around the world, the fetal pattern held. Well, and then she goes on to say that um, the pharmaceutical complex and Pfizer and the medical industrial complex did a huge disservice to women and children because they didn't include them in the studies dr sam and as to your point earlier the the study was completely illegitimate because the eua was illegal based upon f- federal Uh, legislation that suggests that you're not allowed to invoke EUA if there's early treatment options so they did that and they pretended like early treatment options didn't exist but if that this reporter she's absolutely wrong Um, illegally and unethically they did include pregnant women in the early phase trials It wasn't just rats. And if you don't believe me, uh, I've been in receipt of the Pfizer 5.3.6 post-marketing data, which is all the data of the first 90 days of the rollout. I've been in receipt of that from a whistleblower that sent it to me for 16 months. Wow! Now, I couldn't – I didn't know whether that was – yeah, 16 months ago. I did an episode on that back in –
0: when that first came don't, out on yeah I, I did an episode on that and it was, it's a pile of crap. I mean, that's, this is radio and there may be children listening to us, so I can't use the words that I want to use, but it is terrifying. It's got like an 82% pregnancy loss. It's got a 14% um, uh, issue with mother's breastfeeding.
1: Sorry um, to I, interrupt you. Yes, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, no, you're absolutely right, Dr. Sam. There, there's two pieces of information um, that if you go to PA, if you just uh, don't Google it, but you got to go to DuckDuckGo because Google is, your, the, the terms in their search engines are stratified to only put out their own narrative. But if it's now a matter of public record that... Uh, as you know, the Pfizer 5.3.6 postmortem data, data, the, the, all their data from the first 90 days of rollout is, is um, <laughs> although I've had it for six, 16 months, it was only made public by a federal judge on April 1st. So I call it the Pfizer's April Fool's Day joke on everybody that took the vaccine because that is right now publicly available and if you google that you'll come up with a phmpt.org it's on that site the tranche was april 1st and if you go to page 7 of that tranche there and table one there were 1223 deaths in addition to major adverse uh, morbidities and outcomes just in the first 90 days from December 1st, 2020 to February 28th, 2021. Let that sink in, Dr. Sam. Um, That's 1,223 deaths. The vaccine should have been immediately removed from the market in December of 2020 in the midst of that Um, die-off. The federal government had that by February 28th. They should immediately have stopped it. I was a young physician at Wayne State University School of Medicine in 1976. The swine flu vaccine was rolled out, and um, Dr. Sam, there were 26 deaths. It, it was, was yanked from the market removed immediately. Removed from the market. Yeah. And immediately. And um, there's no issues of, oh, it's not causation. No, none of that. And after it was removed from the market, there were another 25 deaths or so. But there was never causation. It was it was dangerous. You look at the associated risk. Now, you know, the same thing happened at the turn of the century with rotavirus vaccine. and, And you're well aware of that. 1999, 2000. Um, the rotavirus was, vaccine was immediately removed from the market. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Sam, but I don't even think there were deaths. It was just a, a dozen or so cases of intussusception in in the toddlers, and um, it was immediately removed from the market. And by the way, that vaccine was ultimately vindicated. It didn't wasn't thought to be associated or caused causing that intussusception, and it took five bloody years to get that back on the market. Now we fast forward to 2020 in December. And, you know, in the Five Pfizer 5.3.6 internal document, this is Pfizer's own data telling you that a FOIA request was made. I've had this for 16 months. Uh, I couldn't vouch for the veracity of it until the federal judge ordered these documents to be, re- to be released publicly, which they did on April 1st. And on April 1st, that document that I got had the exact same artifact, uh, copying marks on it. Every dot, tittle, comma, space was identical. 30 pages of horrible stuff. And, um, and it's there. You know, every physician now in the United States of America and the world is responsible for looking at that. They need to look at that data. Now, if that weren't bad enough, if you go to page 12 of the Pfizer 5.3.6, and you can do it right now, for those who may be listening to us uh, after production of this tape, but go to it. PHMPT.org, and that's public health, PH, uh, and medical practitioners for transparency.org. Uh, they do a great job. And and so if you don't believe me, and if you don't believe the VAERS data, which is absolutely horrible, uh, and if you don't believe the 25 or so totally independent resources that actually are worse than the VAERS data, then here's a question, doctors, will you believe Pfizer themselves if they, in their own documents, tell you of the death, uh, morbidity, permanent morbidity, and deaths from this vaccine, will you believe them? And if you can't, then it's very, very sad. I would say that it is impossible for you physicians who are pushing this vaccine. It's impossible for you. You are a liar if you're pushing this vaccine and you uh, allege that you've given informed consent. Doctor, you're lying and I will stand against you in the court of law. You are lying. You are lying and you are lying. You cannot give informed consent. Nobody in the world can give informed consent because nobody knows the content of the vaccine number one. And number two, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, who's the, uh, the head of the FDA and the CDC, and um, her the other head of the FDA is at Janet Woodcock. They've come out and admitted that they're not being transparent with the data. Well, um, you cannot give honest, informed consent if you don't know what's in the vaccine and you don't have all the data. So um, these patients that are killed and maimed where you've told them to take it you're gonna you're liable for that and I will stand against you as an expert witness in a court of law and I'm collecting a lot of a lot of devastating vaccine injuries
0: and to kind of piggyback off that we are kind of at this maybe even past this inflection point but we're at this point where there's enough of this information out there that if you're still pushing these vaccines you, the doctor, the commander, anybody who's pushing these things will be held personally liable. Following orders was not an argument that worked in Nuremberg. And there will be a Nuremberg 2.0. You mark my words. And and Dr. Jim will be there. And I will be there. And Dr. Pete Chambers will be there. And Lieutenant Colonel Long. Dr. Long will be there. I, Dr. I, Lee Valete will be there. I want Dr. Lee Merritt will be there. Dr. Merritt will all be there. This corrupt
1: and, medical industrial complex.
0: And I'd rather have a
1: thousand pieces.
0: I'd rather have a third, only a third of the doctors remaining if they're truthful and, and have to, you know, yeah, it's going to be hard to treat that many patients. I'd rather have that on my hands than have liars who are trying to kill you out there.
1: They're, um, what they're doing, Dr. Sam, is they're taking their paychecks as bribe money to continue the status quo. And they are breaching their Hippocratic oath. They're breaching their oath to the creator. And those who are former military officers, like I think you and I are, were breaching our officer's oath. Yes, sir. Which is a lifelong oath, by the way.
0: Wow. Can we get into some of the some of the things that you've seen in, in your pregnant women with, with the, the women who have unfortunately chosen or been coerced or tricked into getting these things.
1: It's uh, it's very devastating, Sam, uh, Dr. Sam. Um, so the first, uh, before we get pregnant, there's a massive onslaught of the most incredible, horrible, Menstrual abnormalities that that I've ever seen with any other any other intervention, and and we published on this. I'm I'm working with a group, um, and our first article is out, um, and it, it's called. Um, in it, in essence, it it delineates um, a a massive surge in decidual casts and massive abnormal bleeding uh, Can you that occurred in 2021.
0: Can you explain what decidual
1: cast is? is A decidual cast is a a very rare event in which, in essence, the lining of the uterus, a large cast of the uterus, including part of the uterus, the decidua, the endometrium, is shed in total, and it's shed with a complete outline and that's why we call it a cast of the internal it's a triangular shaped massive what appears to be a piece of tissue well you know over 109 years i think since the early last century uh, there's only there's been less than 50 of those reported in in the literature Um, they're usually associated with ectopic pregnancy with early uh, with with miscarriage uh, missed uh, missed abortion is what we call that a Uh, miscarriage that doesn't extrude itself immediately. And then we we can also see that with prolonged use of progesterones. But so kind of get this picture. There's less than 50 in in 109 years of medical literature. And in 2021, we had, uh, I want to say, 294 in six months. And I I credit um, Tiffany Parato. Um, in mycyclestory.com, and uh, mycyclestory, and she did a massive uh, questionnaire, which has been um, developed by the expert um, medical questionnaire folks in, in in the in the world. I'm working with uh, RFK's organization with a bunch of uh, a group uh, from. Uh, all over the United States, you know, Dr. Brian Hooker out in San Francisco, Dr. Raphael Stricker, um, uh, Maureen O'Donnell, um, many, many experts. But Tiffany Parato is the CEO and founder of My Cycle Story, and she's the uh, lead author on that. And, and we're about ready to get into um, our, our subsequent publications on that project, uh, which are going to be really good. But so, so um, one of the concerns that, that I have is exactly that before we get into the pregnancy, because many will say like Dr. Fauci, oh, it's no big deal, or even OBGYNs that don't understand. It, it is a big deal because here's why. We were told by the stakeholders and by the medical industrial complex that the vaccine stayed in the deltoid muscle. Well, we were lied to. It doesn't stay in the deltoid muscle. And we had data as far back as 2012 by Schladley and colleagues. These um, lipid nanoparticles are rapidly dispersed all over the body. The, and, and then not it's not only Sh- Sh- Shadlick's data from, <clears throat> but it, that, that documented clearly in Wistar rats and in several mouse species, it's concentrated in the ovaries. And the Japanese Pfizer FOIA request, which I've also been in receipt for some time, is a devastating indictment. Um, they have data. That shows from t zero to t plus forty eight hours after injection, there's a hundred and eighteen fold concentration in within
0: forty eight hours. It goes Let straight to the over. that
1: sink in. Forty eight wow. hours. Wait, and- so the the lipid nanoparticle with.
0: Well, well, Exactly to your point, I don't know if you've seen my bioweapon part one series, but I talk about the lipid nanoparticles and how I truly believe they're a bioweapon developed by China. And what's, a better, what's the best way to wipe out your enemy? Never fight them. And if you wipe out an entire generation, then you never have to go over there and actually shoot a gun because they won't have children and they won't be there to fight you.
1: That's exactly right. Uh, you're you're absolutely right. So not only is there polyethylene glycol, you know, what is that antifreeze, in the lipid nanoparticle, but but it it carries a very dangerous pseudo uridinated mRNA. So think about that now. Just let this sink in, because it, uh, most um, most non-geneticists and most non-OBs really um, don't don't really focus on this, but it keeps me up at night. You know, it's no big deal. Well, I shouldn't say it's no big deal. It's not that I don't care about men and their testes, but keep in mind that the testes produce a million sperm an hour or more. With every ejaculation, we have 150 or 200 million gametes. I mean, it's it's an ongoing lifetime process. That's not the case for a woman. For a woman, a woman in the womb, a female fetus by 30 weeks will have all the ovum in both of her ovaries for the rest of her lifetime, and they rapidly um, die off after birth. Um, and, and so, there's there's only a million ovum for her entire lifetime. Now, think about this: this lip this lipid nanoparticle in the dangerous vaccine is in the blood within hours. Uh, it it crosses every God-made barrier in the human body. It crosses the blood-brain barrier. It, in the pregnant mom, it crosses the maternal blood, placental, fetal blood barrier, goes straight to the fetus. In the fetus, it crosses the fetal blood-brain barrier and goes straight to the brain. It concentrates in that that fetal female fetus ovaries so every single ovum the million ovum that this woman has for the rest of her reproductive history is contaminated it's contaminated not only contaminated it's concentrated 118 fold now dr jessica rose from newfoundland i believe we were we just um uh had a long chat um two days ago on Sunday morning. And, you know, when I showed that data, she said, you know, Jim, it, it's they stopped it at 48 hours, but the slope from, uh, from 0 times 0 to 48 hours was rapid. And if they had kept study, they sacrificed those animals after 48 hours, but it would have gone much higher than that, according to Jessica Rose, and, and she knows her stuff. So it, it's very concerning, so um, there's been a significant increase in infertility. You ask me about the pregnancy complications. Um, and, and we have, uh, I've published extensively uh, in our patient betrayal article earlier this year. And then we, we have the My Cycle Story, Tiffany Parato article. But I also have a trilogy published with my research group which is entitled COVID-19 on the unraveling of experimental medicine. These are published in the Gazette of Medical Sciences, a peer-reviewed uh, journal. And there's a trilogy. There's three separate publications. <clears throat> in that third publication, uh, Dr. Sam, I enumerated and studied and read 1,366 peer-reviewed medical journal publications documenting severe Adverse events after the COVID-19 vaccine: 1,366 in April, just related to the complications, death, and destruction from the COVID-19 vaccination. Now, if that weren't now, this journal was really impressed with with my you know uh, ADD uh, focus on reading those. I assembled them. And there's 160 pages of references in standard medical reference format that the journal published as an uh, appendices online. And what's cool about that is that I I created a table that uh, goes through all those references and then summarizes alphabetically in the first first column of that table uh, by alphabetical order, the actual subject of uh, the nature of the complication, what complication it called, how many references there were, and then the exact references in the 150 pages. But it's a very powerful indictment, Dr. Sam, because um, there's no other, I've studied vaccine like I did this for all the other vaccines. The 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 only other vaccine that has, there, there's no other vaccine in, in the history of the United States, in the world, that has more than 40 or 50 and there's 1,003, and that's over 30 years or 40 years. <laughs> and in, in less than 18 months, we've got 1,366. And now there's over 2,000 because I'm keeping that up. That in of itself is an indictment on the safety of of the vaccine. Um, and, and then we go to um, in the... I want to go back, circle back, because in that PHMPT, the Pfizer 5.3.6 document, um, and and Google it and look at. It. Now go to page 12. I'm telling you exactly where to go. Go to page seven for those watching this. Um, PHMPT, uh, Duck Duck Go, put in Pfizer 5.3.6, 5.
0: page seven.
1: You'll see the all the notes. deaths. I'll put a link in the awesome. show notes below. And on page, tw- uh, on page. Tw- Page 12 is the, they actually did enroll, illegally enrolled. There's 274 pregnant women on page 12. Look at it. It's astounding. It's astounding, Dr. Sam. There are 274 pregnant women and 45% of them had vaccine complications, 45% of them had vaccine complications. There were 75 of the 274, which I think is 29%, um, were serious complications. And then there were another 49 um, that had what they called non-serious complications. So this lady that wrote this article that was published a couple of days ago saying that there wasn't research on it there, there wasn't any credible research, but there was research. And in the own words, the own internal documents, it's deadly to pregnancy. And yet the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology is still pushing it to this very day. Um, what have I seen in pregnancy? Um, I'm going to shut up and let you talk.
0: Well, I'd, I'd like to hear your opinion on the JAMA article that's been pushed around and said, oh, look, it's it's a normal pregnancy loss rate. But they did this funny thing with the numbers. They they didn't divide them into trimesters. They did first and second trimester. And then they did third trimester. And they, they said, oh, well, if it's, I, I always get this wrong, but it's a spontaneous abortion if it's before, or miscarriage is the common name for it, but spontaneous abortion if it's under so many weeks. And over that, it's called a stillbirth. And they, they right. didn't 20 weeks. And and so they if you don't divide up first and second trimester, then you have stillbirths, which are not spontaneous abortion. And so they didn't count them. And then you have let's say you have all of the people first, second, third trimester as the denominator. And you've got first and second trimester as the numerator. Well, it looks like it's a very small percentage of pregnancy loss. But when you do the numbers correctly and you you take the yeah. was it one hundred and? 24 divided by, or 112 divided by 124, it ends up being like an 82% or 81.9% pregnancy loss that they demonstrate that they did not specifically state and they lied. Oh, it's upsetting to me.
1: Your attention to uh, and recall of detail is phenomenal. And I'm very impressed with you, Dr. Sam. Um, It was actually the New England Journal of Medicine the shimabakuro article published in june that's of it. 2021
0: Sorry, and, it's um, been a while since i it there were
1: 19 authors no that's okay you, your recall is phenomenal it's right on but um this was a, a, it's my opinion that this was written by the in medical industrial complex it was written by ghost writers at pharma and what they tr- did was they took that real data this is my opinion um, hard to prove, but it's so consistent with the numbers that are in the Pfizer 5.3.6 document. And remember, they weren't allowed to enroll uh, pregnant w- w- women in these trials, nor were they allowed to enroll underage children, which they did. It's, they're in there. So, um, so Shima Bakuro and those 19 authors they went to Eric Rubin who is the uh, he's the editor-in-chief of the flagship fraudulent medical journal um, for the medical industrial complex uh, it, It's all abhorrent. The major medical journals are all controlled by pharmacy dollars and it's a large uh, group think, um, you pat me on the back, I pat you on the back, you slip me some money, I'll slip you some money. So they, Eric Rubin had the audacity to put this and publish it and put the seal of the New England Journal of Medicine on it. And most doctors and physicians and uh, care providers, and never mind the public, they don't have the ability to parcel that data like you did. I almost uh, And don't. you're absolutely I had to sit- right.
0: I had to sit with an OB doc on the phone and be like, okay, now explain it again. Tell me how you got this number. Okay, tell me where you got that number. Okay, so I went back and looked, wrote them down, and my notes looked like chicken scratch on there. Like it was a difficult thing to comprehend. I explained it very quickly, but it took a lot of brain power, and it took a lot of help from an OB doc who also knows a lot about stats.
1: You're absolutely right. My my older brother, Ken Thorpe, who is my collaborator, and we – we went to medical school together uh one of the most brilliant physicians i've ever met in my life said the exact same thing he goes jim he goes this is really subtle and then ken dr ken thorpe went on to say there's something really bad here he looked up every single one of the 19 authors they're all employed by the federal government wow and it gets more ugly it gets more ugly. Um, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, um, present this as a question so we don't get you and I in trouble. Sure. Um, but there's, <laughs> it's, it's obvious of the six, 16 of the 17 people that uh, were advisors to the FDA, Eric Rubin was one of them. Um, and, um, uh, for those who want to do their own due diligence out there, it's a matter of public record. Figure out whether they have any of the conflicts of interest, okay? Uh, it, it is alleged, and I think good authority has it, that 16 of the 17 have major fiduciary conflicts of interest uh, with Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, and Gilead. Man. So. You know, it used to Which be makes that, for that
0: Gilead makes for Demisbeer.
1: It's "Run, Death That's right. Yeah, "Run, Death is Near."
0: Yeah, "Run, Death is Near," as Doctor Artis says.
1: Horrible, horrible. So um, it, it's um, so it's not ill-founded that that these um, th- that one can guess that these vaccines are going to um, destroy and terminate. And injure a lot of fetuses, and a lot of mothers, and and a lot of children. Uh, and and if you don't believe me, will you believe Pfizer themselves with their internal document? Will you better doctors because it's a matter of public record? So um, what what we did, Doctor Sam, and this will be published uh, soon. We took out of the bears, and and I have you know incredible co-authors. I have a a DOD PhD statistician that not only verified all my statistics, but he said, you know, doing more sophisticated tests, it's even more damning. But what I did was my thought was, okay, you know, we've been pushing vaccines in pregnancy. The most common one is influenza vaccine since uh, 1997. Um, so we chose January 1st, 1998, and, um, and we compared, we used the influenza vaccines, there's a host of them, um, as our control group and compared them to COVID-19 vaccines. And wouldn't you know it, let me go through the litany of what we found. And this has all been verified. This is all verified. So um, the... Of course, the menstrual irregularities, we're talking about odds ratios of, of we're talking odds ratios of a thousand with a confidence, 95 percent confidence intervals that are so far away from unity. It's frightening. But then we're looking at a substantial increased risk of miscarriage. We're looking at a and these are vac, COVID vaccine pregnancies compared with influenza vaccines. So we're comparing apples with apples out of the exact same VAERS, Vaccine Adverse Event Registry uh, System. That's a federally mandated, uh, legislated. Um, 85% of the cases are submitted by care providers Um, and under penalty of law, uh, large monetary, Uh, Penalties and imprisonment if you submit false data. So miscarriage massively increased. Fetal malformations massively increased. Specific fetal malformation called cystic hygroma, a malformation of the lymphatic system, and the lymph ducts uh, in the first and second trimester increased. Overall, fetal malformations significantly increased. Um, And as we progress in pregnancy, fetal cardiac arrhythmias significantly increased. Fetal cardiac abnormalities significantly increased. Fetal cardiac arrest significantly increased. Oligohydramnios or low amniotic fluid volume significantly increased. Fetal growth disturbances, where the placenta is not working and the fetal is, fetus is not growing appropriately, massively increased. And then we have uh, fetal abnormal fetal surveillance tests massively increased. Fetal vascular malperfusion by Doppler velocimetry mass abnormal, massively increased, uh, and then fetal death, massively increased.
0: And and I know we keep using the word fetus, because it's easier for us as doctors to use that word. Um, But you have to remember that when we say fetus, that's your baby. That's going to grow up to be your your son or daughter who's going to hopefully graduate from high school, college, get married, have kids and and this is an entire generation that's just absolutely decimated and this is this is hard to listen to um you know we use these terms because it, we have to distance ourselves because it is so uh, unbelievably this is worse than the holocaust and people are lining up to get this it's they're not being forced you know yeah yeah they might coerce you a little bit and coercion is terrible but like if you're a mom and your dad and you're taking your kid to go get this or you're pregnant and you're or you're breastfeeding and you're getting this you need to look at reality here, and you're lining up for the showers at Auschwitz, voluntarily, hoping to get in quicker because you want to get ahead of the next guy. That that's that's. Uh, this I, I need you a second.
1: Well, Doctor Sam, you're you're, uh, you, you know, this is for our viewers. This is not hyperbole. Doctor Sam is not exaggerating. This is absolute reality. Just reading yesterday uh, off a substack, the data, the running average of the death rate, which, um, which is being recorded, um, running average death rate over a week, the week average, it's uh, just over the last month now, it's up 40%. Um, All of the epidemiological studies show that the die-off really did not begin until after the vaccination rollout. And there's literally dozens and dozens of irrefutable epidemiologic studies. We look at... um, I believe it was Mr. Davis, the CEO of the Indianapolis-based uh, massive insurance company, One America, um, that last year reported, this is unbelievable, this is uh, uh, a 40% rise in death benefits. It's Forty. Let, now let this sink in, a 10% rise in all-cause mortality and death rates. 10% is a black swan one in 200 year event for the insurance industry and it's catastrophic. We've had four times that never seen in the history of um, the insurance industry. And and that's not the only, it's all the other major insurance companies, Lincoln Insurance Company came out earlier this year with a massive increase in their payouts for permanent disability. Um, and I want to say that it was increased by a similar proportion. It's it's stunning. We look at the millennials, um with eighteen to forty in six months of last year, the all cause mortality was sixty one thousand in six months. People 61, wake up. Sixty one thousand. Sixty one thousand. Thousand in six months
0: in all the years of the entire Vietnam War, there's the published number I believe is 58,000 and that decimated an entire That's generation correct. and we felt that for years into the future. There's people that I didn't go to high school with because their dad was killed in Vietnam. Let that sink in and we had more than that in six months. This is why there will be Nuremberg 2.0 this cannot stand.
1: I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. Um, and this, the difficult part is, um, getting loved ones and family members. And I'm in this right now, you know, um, you know, we have, we have, um, family members that are horribly damaged and, you know, they've just shut us off. They, you know, I mean, horribly damaged. They may well probably die, um, and they just keep getting boosted. It's unbelievable. And they can't receive this data. They have this um, incredible trust in the government. Um, and they would say, no, there, nobody would ever do this. This is, you're a conspiratory theorist. This is not happening. You know, this is just bad misinformation. You know, you should have your credentials revoked.
0: I, I wish it was bad Stop. information. I wish this you know people would be incapable of this type of destruction to all of humanity. but this is this is the unseen realm I, in open warfare in front of our eyes, and people too spiritually blind to see the death and destruction all around them. Not a day goes by that I don't hear some actor I, actress I, I, die. Some sports guy you know drops dead on the field.
1: And the 13 physicians that, that, um, just, that Steve Kirsch reports on, 13 young, um, beautiful physicians dead, 13. This has never happened in the history of the world where you have a, a short amount of time and you have 13 young, healthy physicians dead of unknown cause. Justin Trudeau, you killed them. You're a murderous, fascist thug, and you are killing and terminating so many people's lives for your globalist agenda. You and KKK, Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates of hell, these are really, really evil, evil, evil people. I I don't like to, um, I, I have a very deep conviction of faith, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm a student of the Bible and have been my whole life. The scripture verses that call out to me, um, Dr. Sam, are in Hosea chapter four, and God warns his people, you and I, the sons and daughters of the most high God, my people die for lack of knowledge. My people die for lack of knowledge. My family members are being killed and maimed uh, because they didn't receive knowledge that God gave them. God gave them the knowledge through you, Dr. Sam, through me, through many of us purveyors of truth, but you rejected it. So you are dead or you're maimed. And I feel very sad for you, but it was preventable. And I tried to do my best for you, but you didn't receive it. And then the other scripture that comes to my mind is, you know, my one of the greatest heroes of the Bible, uh, St. Paul, that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. If you want to get an understanding of, you know, Michael Savage's book, um, I think at the turn of the century, wrote this book that says, you know, progressives are mentally ill. Well, you know, you might laugh at that and just throw that, quote that book around, and and I've only read snippets of it. But my conclusion is that this is scripturally and biblically based. In Romans chapter one, Paul says, if you mock God and you hate God, which the progressives do because they don't pay attention to anything in his book, if you pay attention to God, um, then you know you will be given wisdom. But if you reject God and you become your own God, God will give you over to delusion. It says that right in Romans 1. That's what has happened to you people that cannot see truth. You never will see it because you are mentally ill. You've been spiritually deluded, and you do not have the ability to think rationally. If you don't believe me, read the book of Romans. And then Paul goes on to say, professing to be wise, you become fools. I can't summarize it better than God.
0: One of the things that has been driving me since the start of this has—and I'm going to say it here because I I can't remember it as well—but and this is from Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.14. If someone is frightened, talk to them in a way that helps them to be brave. And that has just been, God has laid that on my heart. And I, I saw that and I didn't really, it started at the beginning of this. It was a, hey, remember back at, you know, remember this post you put up 10 years ago on a Facebook thing? And it was kind of towards the start of this. And, and that has been my drive and, and why I say, let's make courage more contagious than fear because my the whole reason of doing all this is to help you the listener and to help the other doctors realize look we can be brave and we are more brave together a cord of three strands is not easily broken if one falls down his friend can help him up and that's the whole reason for this podcast
1: i, I want to thank you you know dr sam because you um you know you look very young um, you're, you're, you're absolutely right in that, um, y- you know, I'm, I'm alone. I've lost a lot of friends. I'm being persecuted. I'm being attacked, uh, my wife and I, from everybody we love, all my, many of my colleagues. And, you know, it's people like you that give me faith you know even my children are blind my family members are blind i've lost so many friends that think i'm you know i am a conspiracy nut they don't talk to me they launch ad hominem attacks on me because i love them and i try to give them truth and so i have found a whole new family of people that my relationship, I've never met you before. We've chatted a little bit, but you have no idea how much encouragement, Sam, Dr. Sam, that you bring me. You, Dr. Malone, you know, Do- Dr. McCulloch, Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Lee Merrick. Um, I could go on and on and on and on, and I should. Because there's so many people, you know, on my signal groups, on my email groups, nationally and internationally, where I receive my comfort and my the knock on the Holy Spirit from me saying, Jim, you know, you're my son. I've given you truth. Be strong, be courageous, don't ever fear. No weapon formed against you will prosper. I will be with you. I will never leave you. And I, I take peace because even people that don't have our share, our faith, I, you know, whether they're, um, you know, Hindu or Muslim, it transcends religion when they see truth. Jesus said, "To whom much is given, much is expected." He's given you, Sam, a gift which is so precious uh, besides his only begotten son, but he's given you truth in this horrible, horrible fascism, this genocide. He's given me truth. So he expects us to, to carry on and to, to give that truth to everybody in the world he we are his temples we are the body of christ and that's what we're expected to do even if we get persecuted we lose our homes even if we're murdered i i am happy to go down fighting this is why god created me to protect my pregnant women and my fetuses my children the sons and daughters of the most high god
0: And to your point of all this persecution that we've had. I mean, they haven't started actually killing us yet. But if we look back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I know I've used this a lot, and sorry for the listener, you've heard this a lot. Uh, They were told, you'll get thrown into a fiery furnace if you don't bow down. And they did, we have to remember, they did not know they were going to survive. That was unknown. And for them, it would be better to be burned to death than to bow before a pagan god. And the people that threw them in this furnace, it was heated seven times hotter than normal. They died. The men who, And then they were standing there and another in the fire appeared. And their bonds were taken off. And they were singing praises in the fire. The refining fire, the one that purifies us, that brings truth forward. I'm glad to have you in the fire with us.
1: You too, sir. Dr. Sam. Thank you.
0: Thank you, and, and I truly appreciate, appreciate you coming on with me and, and sharing um, just a bit about yourself.
1: I'm always here to help your ministry, Brother Sam, Dr. Sam. Anything that That's I can ever is. do to facilitate it your ministry, ministry. Uh, just holler at me, send me a text, and we'll make it happen.